TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Deion Sanders is one of the most high-profile NFL players that has ever lived. He now is on the NFL Network. He's one of the guys that is still there and not suspended as they go through all that sexual harassment stuff that's been going on there. So Deion Sanders, of course, his name is going to get people excited. So now at Florida State, Everybody is in a lather over the potentiality of Deion Sanders joining Willie Taggart's coaching staff. As the defensive backs coach, of course, naturally. But I just cannot see Deion Sanders doing this for any stretch of time. Like, it sounds great on paper. It's an easy thing to put together in your mind. One of the greatest defensive backs of all time. A guy who could step right in there, teach these guys the tricks of the trade, and think about recruiting what he'd be able to do. But it's more than just that. I mean, these assistant coaches, I I got a first-hand look doing the pit football broadcast when I'd be there waiting after practice to get interviews for our pregame show. And I would be sort of walking around the facility after practice. These coaches are in there. They're just they get dinner. They don't see their families. They're eating and watching film and going over things and meetings and talking to players and checking if they're going to class. I mean, it's, it's like all the time. You know, we talk about how much these head coaches have on their plate and all the things that they do. Well, yeah, that's a lot. It's not that far behind for an assistant coach. The assistant coach is doing just as much work, if not more, as far as the game plan goes and coaching up the players. He just doesn't have to be that CEO of the program, show up to fundraisers and things like that. So Deion Sanders is going to want to do that? He's going to sit there and watch film and break it down every night? No. Deion Sanders should be affiliated with that program if Willie Taggart wants him to. He can be a closer. He might, he might have already done that or, or has has done that. Hey, Dion, you mind giving this kid a call? We really think he's going to be someone we want, targeting him. Give him a call, closer in recruiting. Hey, it's Dion. Go to Florida State. Sure. But to think that this guy, I mean, especially with everything he's got on going on in his life, he basically runs like a foster home in his house. And then with the NFL Network gig, he, like, mentors players in the NFL, too. He's just, he's got too much on his plate to be doing this. Man, my life is built for kids. Right, see? He's not going to give up the kids for this. He's going to walk away from the children? Go coach these kids, these other kids? No. It's little kids he wants. Their father that consummated their child ain't coming back. Right, so there he is to scoop them up and have give them a great life. That's what Dion does, man. Dan doesn't coach defensive backs. So we'll see how it 
plays out, but I really don't think you know, you're going to see him. I'm looking at some of the quotes now. Everybody's just so fired up. Knowles 24-7 reported Sanders and Taggart are exploring ideas. Sanders joining Taggart's staff. You never know, said Dion. I've been known to make big plays with these colors on. That's all I'm going to say. Stop it. You wouldn't last half a season. You'd be doing other stuff. And if he was fully committed, I'm sure he'd be great. It's just tough to be a Hall of Fame player with all this work that he does outside of his job as an NFL Network guy with the kids and the mentoring and everything else. Then to do this, you just can't. You'd have to give up. He would not be able to focus on the job. Cool idea, not practical. Speaking of college football players, there's three quarterbacks we have talked so much about. And there was a lull with them because none of them really had like this spectacular season where every week we're like, wow, can you believe what Sam Darnold did? Or wow, Josh Rosen just blows you away. Wow. So we didn't have those moments this year. It was a couple of nice moments. It was more like, you know, people had such high expectations for these guys and they weren't met. And you saw teams like the 49ers who you thought would be right there at the top of the draft go out and trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. And it kind of sent shockwaves through people like, well, if, if they're doing that, then maybe they don't believe that the next great quarterback is going to be at the top of this draft, whether it's Rosen, Allen, or Darnold. But these guys are talking now, of course. And Sam Darnold said he would be honored to play for any NFL team that would draft him which is in contrast to what Josh Rosen said. So he said he didn't want to be a high pick on the wrong team. This is not the first time that we've seen this. Eli Manning did this. High-profile fashion. Forced himself out of San Diego at the time to be a part of the Giants. That ended up working out for him a couple of Super Bowls. But this story of great talent going to bad places and it not working out, is one of these things that I wish I knew the answer to, but I'll never get the answer to. And I kind of, if you look at all the info and stack it up, you can formulate an opinion on it, but you're never really going to know. And I've probably asked this question to a million guests. If this quarterback went to that place, would they be as bad? Or is it the place that makes them bad? If that quarterback went to this place, would they be as good? Or is it the place that makes them that good? And I don't think it's a black or white answer. I'm sure it's nuanced, but you can look at it as if, if from the Browns' point of view. You know, if they get Darnold or Rosen and those guys fail, either one of those guys ends up failing there. Would Rosen or Darnold fail everywhere else? Would it be, oh, it's just the Browns' luck? That this guy didn't turn out to be a big player. Oh, it's another bust for them. If the Browns had drafted Carson Wentz, would he be the next name on that jersey that you see go viral four or five times a year that has every Browns quarterback name on the back of it from the last 15, 20 years, whatever it is? 
And I just, I have no idea what the answer is. I mean, I would think that Carson Wentz would be better than Deshaun Kaiser in Cleveland. I would think that Jared Goff would be better than Johnny Manziel in Cleveland. I would think that would be the case. But would those guys just be okay? Or would they be great? And I'm not willing to take that chance if I'm one of those guys. And when Josh Rosen says that, he's going to get a lot of blowback. But I've seen enough out of Cleveland to know that I want no part of that place. At least right not not now. If John Dorsey goes in there and turns it into a desirable landing spot, and that team starts to win a little bit, and you feel like they're trending in the right direction for once, maybe. But I'm if there's any way I can get out of Cleveland, I'm getting out of Cleveland. I've seen talented players go there. I've seen smart people go there. And it all just falls apart. We've talked many times on this show about all the smart people that have gone to Cleveland to try to fix that place. And it never works. They all become dummies somehow. They all don't know what they're doing. Think about some of these names and these guys that we talked about. You know, with the pedigree that they had, the resumes that they had in the NFL, and the Browns hire me like they finally got it right. You can go all the way back to Holmgren. They finally got it right. This guy knows football. No. Idiot. Couldn't get it done. Was it him? Was it the organization? Mike Lombardi. Ray Farmer. Sashi Brown. All these guys. They were so smart. Joe Banner. Everybody that was so damn smart goes to the Browns and it turns into mush. So if I'm Josh Rosen, I got one NFL career I got to worry about. I want no part of that place. You show me you can win a game or two, maybe I'll join you. And no one, absolutely no one, should get mad at him for that. Because think about it. You're one of the best at whatever you do. And then you got companies picking you to be a part of their team, if you will. Whatever you do. And there's 32 of them. And the one that's just the worst, the one that the most talented employees go to when their careers are over, the ones where the guys from management of other teams or other companies go, and they go there, and then they get fired. And that's the company that wants you. You want to go there? Hell no. I don't want any part of that. I want to go to a place where I could succeed. And generally, I would say in, in matters like this, that if you're good enough, if you're great enough, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are, you will figure it out. You'll be fine. 99% of the time, I believe that's true. With the Browns, I don't. I think the Cleveland Browns are the exception to that rule. No matter who you are, who you've been, who you plan to be, it all will turn to crap once you step into that facility. And I will believe that until I see otherwise. They're going to go 0-16 after 1-15. They were supposed to make strides. They were innovative. They're not going to win a game. And they got two more picks now 
that'll be in the top five, most likely, in this draft. I mean, they, they've had two first-round draft picks for a number of years. I mean, what was that one year? What was it, like Manziel and Justin Gilbert? They ended up picking. <laughs> what makes you think? I don't care who... You tell me Dorsey's going to have the magic touch now? No, he's going to spit up all over himself like everybody else does. Charge of that team. There's a black cloud over that organization. It's not going away. So Josh Rosen, good for you. Speak up. This is your career. Force yourself out of there. Go to another team. The Giants end up getting a quarterback. Go there. It's perfect. That's an organization, even though they had a terrible year, that's where you want to end up. The 49ers now are probably not going to be ending up drafting a quarterback after what they saw from Garoppolo, what they've seen from Garoppolo over the last couple of weeks. But that would have been another good spot there. But not the Browns. You can't do it. Don't go there. Tell them you're never going to play for them and keep it up. And don't listen to the people that are calling you spoiled or whatever else. That is the one place you will not succeed. And there are so many examples to back that up. A ton. And it might sound like an excuse, but I remember when Brady Quinn was on here. And I asked him, if you'd been drafted by another team, what would have happened? He goes, I would have had a better career. I mean, is that him making excuses for himself? Or is that him telling the truth? I I would normally, like I said, 99% of the time, something like that. I'd say, oh, this guy's making excuses. No matter where you end up, you'll be fine. Figure it out. Don't point the finger. With the Browns, he's right. He would have had a better career. I am avoiding that franchise like the plague if I am a big-time college football player coming out in the draft. And we'll see how these quarterbacks shake out over the next couple of months. And if they all end up getting drafted early on. They all decide to go into the NFL at the same time. All this stuff, you know, they'll be connected forever, like Winston and Mariota, like Wentz and Goff. They'll all be connected, and we'll find out which guy's which. And, you know, Winston and Mariota, think about those two guys now. I mean, I know Jameis has played a little bit better the last couple weeks, but, jeez. And I don't know how Marcus Mario is as bad as he is. I was all over that guy. Thought he was great. Been awful. How is that offense so bad? All these guys. That's got, I mean, talk about a coaching change ready to happen with that one. I don't care if they make the playoffs or they end up, I mean, they're just bad. They're flat out bad. You got to get more out of that team, more out of that offense. Coming up next. One of the members of this show, one of the Geo and Jones cast members, had a major, huge, life-changing event. If you follow the show closely, you're going to want to hear this. We're coming right back. It's the show that Ray Lewis blocked on Twitter. Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. I got to be honest, I was worried today because very unfamiliar atmosphere. I haven't done a solo show in a long time. Update anchor I'd never met before. Mike and I were texting back and forth. Mikey B, I said, Do we, uh, who's on updates? Who is this? This person I never even met before. And generally, I like to have a little bit of banter with the update anchor. And sometimes it's gone horrible. 
Like, there's been guys who have been in here. I try to talk to them. They got nothing for me. But I found out that Seth Cantor, who was in today, him and I, two peas in a pod. He's got a little baby girl. I'm having a little baby girl. Acid reflux, acid reflux. Ithaca College, Ithaca College. How about that? What else do we have in common? We like to eat really bad foods. We do that together. You were a shock jock named Steakhouse. I like steakhouses. So what else do we have? What do we have for this update, man? Because we just basically covered everything. Is there anything else that you think we might have in common? Well, first I want to say this. Imagine the nerves on my part. You've never met me. I've never met you. I'm stepping into the hot seat here. I want to make a good impression more than anything else. Well, yeah, and you have. I mean, even if you didn't, I probably would have forgotten about it, probably, just at this point. Like, these two shows are probably not going to remember much about because then it starts something new. Your mind gets erased. You're all focused on that. But you've done a nice job. You weren't really nervous walking in here, were you? Not nervous, just some anxiety. Okay. All right. You don't strike me, Steakhouse, as a man who <laughs> gets a lot of anxiety. I have my moments like everybody else. Yeah, I guess so. You seem like you got a lot of confidence. I try. Now, what do you do? You've been, so how many shifts have you, have you had here? I am taking whatever they give me. Okay, so it's been, what, five, six in the last week or something? Yeah, I've had mornings throughout the week. Okay. I will give up the seat tomorrow to Jacob Wilkins. That's right, which is still confusing to me, Mike. Is Bogish going to be here or not? Bogish will be here doing the updates. Jacob will be doing stuff down the hall for the other station. Okay, uh, all right, all right, very good. Shows what I know. No, 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 it's, it's been confusing to all of us. It's not your fault. I just I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on with that. So are you going to go to Eric Spitz and talk about this when, you, like, today's your last day? When's the next time you're on the schedule? I am on Saturday night, 8 p.m. to 3 a.m. That sounds like hell. <laughs> so you'll so Eric Spitz is here today, right? Just saw him, yeah. Right, you just saw him. You're going to go to him at some point, hey, how do you think I did? Anything I could do better? Are you going to go and be proactive about that, or are you going to let him come to you? I'm always one for constructive criticism. If you can lobby for me, though, that would be great. Lobby in what way? What do you want? Just put in a good word, maybe one or two words. Well, I think that him listening to us, if he is listening today, then this is a good enough word. You know, I think that he, uh, hopefully he's listening. He can tell who I like and who I don't like. He knows that. But if I'm you, I would say, I'd go to him. What do you think? What do you think I did? I think that's a that's an important thing. You know, people are afraid in this business to go talk to management. And there's a big difference between going back there for the sake of going back there and going back there to get something out of it, right? Like, you don't want to be a guy who's a big kiss-ass. You just want to go back there, and you're getting something out of it. So, like, would you rather be the guy who goes home after this and hopes that you get some feedback from the program director who's swamped, or do you go in there proactively and be like, you know, listen, I need to know what I could do better. I like being here during the day. Nice yeah. to see the management folks. Right, right, of course. Take advantage of that, man. Not going to run away from the spotlight, but I'm not out <laughs> to take anybody's job either. <laughs> Look at you, man. You got everything. All buttoned up, aren't you? You just, you've really, you've really done a nice job today. I learned uh, from the best. All that, so who trained you? Took about 15, 20 years, first and foremost. Maybe an indictment on me. I'm talking about here. Did you have to get training here by anybody? Jay Berman. Oh, Jay Berman did. Good guy. You think he's the best? He's the one that got me in. <laughs> oh, he's the, oh, so he's the guy who suggested you? Like, got you in the he door? He put in a word. Yeah. Oh, did he? He put in a word and showed me the ropes. Really? I didn't think Jay liked anybody. <laughs> Jay likes people, Mike? Like, Jay helps people out? 
This is news to me. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think he did that. You must be a real special guy. Oh, that's one word to describe me. What, what did you do to make Jay Berman like you so much? You that just helps you with a job. You just meet some people along the way. I have like six other jobs in addition to this, and our paths crossed at one point or another. Okay. All right. Well, listen, man. If I was still doing this, I would say Seth Cantor. He's allowed back. That's what I would say. But I'm not still doing this, so I don't know. I can't <laughs> help you out. I'll put a good word in. Yeah, so not that he, it matters. But. He he's the right. He's the he's the guy you need now, Mikey B, because he's staying on here. So I don't I have I don't think I've got much pull over at WFAN yet. I don't think I've got any sort of you know whoever they want to put on a schedule they'll put on a schedule over there. But if I did, I'd say hey, take a look at Seth. I gave you a pretty good gig though, so they think highly of you. Right, but I but there's a difference between picking me to be the morning show host and and picking me to make the schedule. Those are two those are two different things, you know. You stay in your lane. You do the stuff you need to do. We'll make the schedule. But if if I, that opportunity comes up, Seth, you got I got your back. All right. Listen, I'm just happy to be part of the team. Any way I can help out, Coach. <laughs> Here's something else. All right, uh, give us an update, will you? You got it. Brad John Rondo, career high 25 assists. Pelicans dominate the Nets. 128-113. The guard, just one of seven players to ever reach that mark. Some of the others, you may have heard of them. John Stockton, Jason Kidd, Isaiah Thomas. Rondo thrilled to be part of that group. Said it was a team effort, though. Uh, it's definitely an honor you know, to be mentioned with those guys, especially with passing the ball, so I'll take pride in But I couldn't do it without my teammates making shots, so I'll give those guys credit. Bulls have turned it around, winning 9 of 11, overcame a 15-point first-half deficit. Holding off the Knicks 92-87, Chris Dunn saying Chicago is coming together. Uh, the chemistry, you know, uh, team chemistry is a big thing, you know, when it comes to, you know, a team winning. You know, everybody has to be on the same page to the coaching staff, to the team. Everybody got to be positive. And, you know, you can see in the locker room, we all like one another. Warriors dismantled the Jazz 126-101. Kevin Durant had 21. Losing to Golden State, you can swallow. But Sacramento, that's kind of a tough one. That's what happened to the Cavs, though, falling to the 12-22 and Kings 109-95. Vince Carter finding the fountain of youth, team high 24. Thunder playing well, six straight wins all over the Raptors, 124-107. Paul George with 33. Five in a row for Minnesota. T-Wolves slipping by the Nuggets, 128-125. College hoops, number one Villanova stays undefeated. Wildcats 14-0, blowing out to Paul Big East opener, 103-85. Football locker room issues have been front and center for the 2-13 and 13 Giants. Day after Landon Collins called Eli Apple a cancer, then apologizing. Apple suspended for the season finale against the Redskins for behavior detrimental to the team. Coaching changes coming in the NFL on the brink of a winless season, possibly just one win in the last two years. Browns' Hugh Jackson thinks he's safe. Jay Cutler on the fence about 2018, prefers to be a starter. A few college football bowl games. Longhorns win the Texas, beating Missouri 33-16. FSU blows out Southern Miss of the Independence 42-13. Purdue squeaks by Zoda, 38-35 in the Foster Farms. Pinstripe goes to Iowa, 27-20 over B.C. NHL back on the ice. Number of games, Wild beat the Stars 4-2. I'm Seth Cantor, Greg. Your wife have a C-section? No. Did not. Natural. How long did that take? Saw the whole thing. You saw the whole thing? I so you, you went around and looked. You didn't stay. Because I've been given instructions to stay like close to her, like upper half, because she doesn't. Did it traumatize you? Yeah. It did. Yeah. Did you have you gotten over it? Was it three months ago now? Not yet. You still haven't gotten over it. Might take a year. I might wow. have to go to therapy for it. Jeez. You know, someone always said natural childbirth for the man is like when your favorite restaurant goes under new management. I thought that that was a very, very apropos 
thing to say. That's a great analogy. It is a great analogy. So how long did it take? Take a long time? She went into labor at 1.30 in the morning. Ella was born at 11.30, so about 10 hours. 10 hours? 10 hours. And she was in extreme pain? Did she get drugs? Uh, she did. She yeah. did. She got a little resentful at about 7.30 in the morning. I was just out of it. There was a recliner in the hospital room. Yeah. I took a snooze. You have to. What the are you doctors, supposed to do? Yeah, the doctor said it wasn't going to happen for three hours. What yeah. am I going to do, sit and look at my phone the whole time? You got 12 jobs. You're busting your ass, man. Mm. You could take a snooze. Yeah. Take a little nap. Yeah. All right. So you stayed at the hospital for how long? I stayed at the hospital. Actually, I stayed at the hospital the whole time. Went out for coffee here and there. and you know, So it was like a couple days you were there? Yeah, two days. Two days you were there. Two days. I was the traffic cop with the family. Beware of that. Everybody's going to want to come say hello. Yeah. You're going to have to cut that off at right. some point. Right, exactly. Enough. This is our kid. Not bad people, but at the right. same time, you got to show yeah, who's yeah, boss. Yeah, exactly. There's boundaries here, right. man. There's boundaries. All and right. then when you go home, they all disappear. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. just you. Well, now, another one I'm worried about, because I'm going to the Super Bowl. So... The due date is, first I was told it was the 14th. Now they're saying it's the 18th. I don't know how it changed. So let's just go with the 18th. Due date's the 18th. I'm going to the Super Bowl the week of the Super Bowl, of course. So I'm Sunday the 28th to February 2nd. So we're talking about the baby would have to be two weeks early at that point. When did your baby come? A week early, but my wife was actually in preterm labor twice. Oh, really? We thought she was going to come in August. Then we thought she was going to come in September. She was in the hospital for about a week at a time. For oh, each, wow. Each occasion. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think you'll be okay. I think you're going to make it. Okay. You think I'll make it? I think And plus, the labor's so long, right? So, like, even if she goes into labor, I'll be there. I can get there for the birth if it happens. See, that was the misconception I had. You know, I had a lot of work that week here, and I was like, oh, boy, I'm not going to be able to get out in case she goes into labor. But, yeah, it takes, I mean, from what I've heard, 10 hours is actually pretty manageable. I've heard of women being in labor for about 24 hours. Wow. Full Ma- day. Imagine that. Full day of that. No thanks. Were you rooting for the C-section? Uh, I was actually pulling for natural. You were pulling for natural. Believe it or not. For what yeah. reason? I guess when you get home after a C-section, it requires more work on the husband's part because she's laid up for a little longer. Gotcha. Right. So just selfish reasons, right? right? Okay, I gotcha. What a guy I am. I fall asleep in the hospital <laughs> while she's in labor and you I don't, don't want to do, do anything. Yeah. 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 I got you. All right, good. Good, I'm learning stuff. This is stuff I need to know. You know, a couple months now. Well, month and a half. It's going to be me. I'm not so sure I'm the best guy to ask for advice, though. You've gone through it, though. You've had the experience. Mm -hmm. First time father. I'm learning all that stuff. I would say if you looked at me as a team, I'd probably be a football team, seven and nine or eight and eight (laughs) in terms of the way I've handled the whole situation. Right now, I've got nothing. I got nothing. So I could at least learn from that. You learn from your mistakes, maybe. They're asking questions, though, and that's good. Yeah. No, I'm interested. I'm interested. All right, Seth, this has been fun, man. Always a pleasure. Greg. All right, take care, bro. That's Seth Cantor on the updates today. So our normal crew of Andrew Bogish on updates and Pete Bellotti on the board and Brian Jones, of course, here with Mikey B. Pete Bellotti, the technical director, we have a ton of nicknames for him. Republican Pete, Pistachio Pete, Wrestling Pete, Stealing Pete, Sneaky Pete. There's a bunch of them. And Mikey B suggested a new one today. Prenup Pete. Because congratulations are in order for our own Peter Bellotti. As he is engaged. He got engaged a couple of days ago. He had a horrible first marriage. Just really bad. We've talked about it on the air. Divorced. Real mean stuff. Took him a long time to get over it. Found a wonderful woman, and now he's engaged. So 
when you bring up this prenup, Pete, are you telling me that this is something that he has discussed with you in the control room, Mike, that because of this first marriage, how bad it went, with this second one, he's going to get a prenuptial agreement? He has not, but I love Pete and I care about him so much. I just want to make sure that everything is taken care of if things went south. You yeah, know, that, I know Pete's worth so much as well. Right, of course. Well, that's a tough discussion to have, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's a brutal thing. Like, I didn't do that. I didn't either. Like, people thought that I should do that. And I said, I can't do that. Like, you can't, you just can't. Because then you're just assuming. I know some people say it's smart. You never know what's going to happen. It has nothing to do with that. What do you feel about one another? But it does, kind of. And I'm aware of the stats about divorce and everything, but I I mean, you can't go, hey, I love you, but can you sign this just in case something goes wrong? You don't take everything from me. I mean, the trust right there going into that relationship is shot, is it not? I hate it. And, and for me, I mean, my wife would be the one that would want it because she's making she, more money. She's making all the money. I have nothing. So right. for me, I mean, there's nothing to do Right. You're, you're Yeah, like uh. the divorce happens. You're, the, you're making yeah. out. Right. Yeah. You think so, about that sometimes? No, not at all. Okay. She might. She oh, that's that why she's sticking with you then? No. <laughs> she's like che- cheaper to keep him. <laughs> yeah, it's role reverse with Brian. Maybe I'll get a home somewhere. <laughs> Where do you want to live? South Florida. Yeah, you would nice. go down there too. Yeah, me and Gladys. <laughs> In the first wives club. You and Brian's what? Become besties, uh, and and mother-in-law Carmen Peralta. You guys, I heard, I heard she's a great cook. <laughs> yes, so have I. I've heard those same stories. Amazing. <laughs> oh, we are happy for Pete. We're very happy for Pete. Although, in the pictures that were posted on social media, she had the ring on the wrong hand for the first couple of pictures. Ring's supposed to go in the left hand. Ring finger, left hand. She had it on the right hand. Now she switched it in some later pictures I saw that Pete posted. So she got it right eventually. But initially, right hand with the ring. Who's that on? Is that on her? That's on him? Maybe he. she's a lefty, so she wanted to have it on the right hand so her left hand still could write. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's the case. She ended up putting it on the left hand. Though, so somebody got to her and said, wrong hand. That's on Pete. You think it's on Pete? Yeah, that's on Pete. But isn't don't like women dream of this moment for their entire lives and they think about what it's like to get that ring on the finger? You gotta know it's a left hand. Don't care, it's on Pete. It's on Pete. <laughs> Be a man, Pete. Right. Get her hand and do it right. Right. That is true. He did drop the ball on that. Plus, he's got experience in this. This is not his first rodeo when it comes to putting rings on fingers. We gotta find that out. Did Pete put the ring? On his first wife's right hand or left hand. Is this a trend? But we are happy for Pete. Very happy for Pete. Wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, that that proposal must have been just amazing. I wonder when that wedding's going to be. Yearish. Think a year? Yeah. Think it'd be a big extravagant one because he's been married before. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Well, I'll give you an example. Andrew Filipponi, who filled in last week with me, he married someone who had a bad first marriage. And what she wanted to do was a smaller thing but destination. So they went somewhere else 
because she didn't want to have another wedding in Pittsburgh. So went somewhere else, not as many people invited in a place that they both liked. But there's a difference when it's the bride and it's her first time getting married. Oh, he's got to go full. Whatever she wants. Yeah. Has to go full bore. He can't hold back at all. How many people from work is he going to invite? Because you know he's got a, you know he's got opinions on people. You know, and it's a different crew of people he'll invite. Because I didn't go to the first one because I didn't even know Pete at the time. But now he has to invite me. I sit next to him every day. Yeah. So I have to be there. Right. I I don't remember. I wasn't here for the first one. I don't remember if I got an invite to the first one. I don't even remember. I, but he's going to invite me now, whether he likes me or not, because of the gift. Like, you know that's going to happen, right? <laughs> am, I, am I reading that wrong? No comment. <laughs> no matter how he feels about me, what's your address, Greg? <laughs> you know, that's coming. All right. The worst television I have ever seen. We're going to play you some of that next. It's Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. We're going to do something after the show. I know at least Mikey B. Bogish and I are trying to get Brian to join, but he can. He's got TV. Pete, I don't know if Pete's going to come in or not. We're going to try to get him in. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to try to get Pete in. And we can go out, you know, have a nice little uh, after show fun. A little breakfast tomorrow. Are you in, Duffy? You can't come, though, right? Because you're going to be on the board till noon. Yeah, I'm stuck here for another three hours afterwards. That's right. That's right. That's too bad. Duffy's been the main fill-in. I appreciate the invite. I do appreciate that. He's been the on the outside of the inner circle of Gio and Jones. He's been right there. So he definitely deserves it. All right, so I wanted to play this. Like, sitcoms are not supposed to be the greatest comedy of all time, right? They're just, like, there's some that, like, Seinfeld sort of changed the game, but, like, the traditional sitcom is just supposed to be, like, light watching, you don't think too much, joke here or there. So I get it. I'm not expecting George Carlin level humor or Richard Pryor, Sam Kinison stuff out of sitcoms. However, what you're about to hear is an insult to the brains of adults. Fuller House is on Netflix, which is the Full House reboot. I wasn't the biggest Full House guy. I mean, I I watch it because other people watch it. Some people were obsessed with it, especially my age. It was on, and you were a kid, and you were into it. So... They reboot this thing. People get excited. It has horrible reviews. They somehow bring it back for another season. So Lonzo Ball, of all people, somehow shows up on Fuller House. And we're going to play you some of these clips of Lonzo Ball's scene on Fuller House. So basically, so Mike, you know these characters a little bit better than I do. I think. I think you do. Some of the older ones. So so DJ? DJ Tanner, yeah. DJ Tanner... And who's the guy? The guy is Steve. Now, I'm not sure if they're currently dating. I know they did in high school back in the original series, Full House. All right. So Steve and DJ are in the house. Someone shows up at the door. Happens to be Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball of the Los Angeles Lakers. Steve Hale, the Bay Area Podiatry Association. 
You get it? Yeah, that's funny. And then, like, the people who are wooing there, like, I, if if those are real people in a live studio audience, like, give me a break with the wooing and the clapping. Is it the third season of Fuller House? God, Netflix has a lot of money to waste. All right, so keep playing, Duffy. Lonzo, this is my favorite girl, DJ. DJ, this is my favorite feat, Lonzo Ball. <laughs> I mean, he's just... Shame on these people in the audience, by the way, that are cackling at this garbage. How'd you find me anyway? Drones. (laughs) That was you. Okay. Way to deliver that line there, Lonzo. Try a little harder, a little more feeling. So uh, the Lakers sent me down here, you know, to beg you. We want your strong yet gentle hands. On our athlete's feet. Actually, here, let me just take off my shoe. All this right here. This could all be yours. So he takes off his shoe, he puts it up on the table. He's got a foot out now, exposed foot on Fuller House. You know, the thing that strikes me more than anything, and I've said this a couple times now, but I can't get over it. Are those real laughs? Are these really? Are do? Please tell me that's a laugh track, please. Because nobody, like they, there's not a per. You couldn't find. You find the happiest people on earth could not laugh at this stuff the way that that those people are laughing. Ha 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 ha! Podiatry foot, Lonzo Ball. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. No, it's horrible. Anybody with a brain knows it's horrible. You can't laugh at that. Can you find out if that's a live studio audience? Uh, seasons one and two in front of a live studio audience. Oh, so I, I would assume three. Come on, people. They must have the sign up there. You have to laugh. They have to do that. <laughs> You're like one guy in the back who's really loving this crap. <laughs> like what? If you're going to have a live studio audience, do it for real. Like bomb. Like a real comedian has to bomb. You think comedians that go up in these nightclubs, these stand-up comedy clubs, do you think that they get the laugh track? No. They suck. They suck. And people there stare at them and stare holes through their eyes. And then they have to they go into a, a deep, dark depression to the next time they get on stage. That's what should happen here. It's fake laughing. Step back, Lonzo Ball. I have got sweet feet, too. Wow. That's DJ Tanner, who now sounds like Joy Behar. Golly. Step back, Lonzo Ball. Step back, Lonzo Ball. Uh I have got sweet feet, too. Uh So then she puts her foot next to his foot, and then it keeps going. Look, uh, DJ, I mean, come on. Your feet are so pretty and stuff, but look at the size of those metatarsals. Those babies belong in a foot museum. Nah, uh-uh. Not till we get a commitment. Get a commitment? What? You can't put my foot in a museum unless you get a commitment? What the hell are you talking about? What is this? Who wrote this? I mean, who is the person that wrote this episode in this scene? Fire that person. Fire them today. Well, this is what I was thinking, guys. What we're going to do is we'll have Lonzo Ball show up, all right? And we know that Steve's a podiatrist. So 
will do a comparison between the two feet. DJ's feet, Lonzo's feet. <laughs> Screw you. Push-up contest right now. <laughs> what? Yeah. Hey, chicken, come on, man. I ate chicken. Oh, my God. Lonzo. Now, I know the director probably doesn't want to tell him he stinks. But, like, tell him he stinks. Make him do that over again. I ain't chicken. Mm-hmm. I ain't chicken. So then the two of them start doing push-ups to decide whose foot is better for some weird reason. I don't understand why. Keep it going. Look, Lonzo, I love your feet, but I love her more. I mean, look at that upper body strength. <laughs> I'm so sorry. My answer's no. Rookie. I mean, good game, player. Felt like a dang fool. I'm the number two pick again. Oh my Jesus Christ. Just when you thought it could get worse, it got worse. I feel like a dang fool. I'm the number two pick again. He sounds like Pedro like a from. Dang fool. I'm the number two pick again. He sounds like Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. I'm going to make her a cake. <laughs> like That's what he sounds like. He sounds like a guy trying to be a bad actor. I don't have much to say. <laughs> right, exactly. All your wildest dreams will come true. Like, that's what he sounds like. Oh, and why is there a push-up contest to decide whether or not this podiatrist is going to be the Lakers' deep doctor? And if that is his girlfriend, she's going to hold him back from what is one of the great jobs in sports? I mean, for a podiatrist, you're a team doctor. It's like the greatest thing ever. And she's she trying to prove her foot's better. I mean, what? what kind of asinine plot is this? What's the guy's name who wrote this? Mike? Jeff Franklin. Shame on you, Jeff. What is this? People eat this stuff up? Are there people? I need to know this because I can't live without really getting a grasp on this. Are there people out there that think that is good television? Those babies belong in a foot museum. I just, I've got no shot. I've got no shot at entertaining anybody if people think that that's good. If the people that think that that's good listen to this show, they hate us. They hate us. Man. Shouldn't make me that angry, but it does. Thanks to AJ Hawk, Bobby Marks, Mikey B, Duffy, Seth Cantor, and Blue Point Brewery out there. We'll talk to you tomorrow for the final Geo and Jones program ever on CBS Sports Radio. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.